John chapter number 20, I want to read just two verses, the last two verses of the, of the chapter, and then we'll, we'll preach a little bit. I appreciate our class. I appreciate uh, their willingness for Don and, and, and Judy to come and practice with us, those that are willing to that give their time up. And uh, it's a blessing to watch uh, people around you. Listen, I mean, I know I teach them down there, but they're around my age, and it's encouraging to see people that are around my age serving the Lord. Because I know a lot of people that ain't serving the Lord, so I'm glad for those that will and, and bring their kids and, and, and bring them up. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, it's a blessing, and it's a blessing. So uh, you pray for your pastor still traveling, but I think he's tuning in uh, uh, on his way down. But uh, surely appreciate him and, and pray for them continually down there. John chapter number 20, just going to read verses 30 and 31. And the Bible says this. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. I appreciate you, Lord. You're good to us. I thank you for this whole day, Lord. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and I just appreciate your presence, God. It's good to feel you. I like when you do that, Lord, but I'm glad that you're always with us, whether I feel you or not. And I stand here tonight, Lord. I need your touch. I can't do a thing without you. I believe this is the message I'm supposed to preach. I pray you just give me some unction to preach. Help me to effectively communicate the Word of God. I pray, Lord, tonight someone's lost in this place, never been saved. God, I pray tonight to get born again. Help us, Lord, we pray. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I, I want to I talk about this tonight. Written that you might believe. This is an amazing thing. John has some summary statements throughout his... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. I'm going to talk about the Bible, but this is a particular book, and I want to look at this particular book, but... The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3 that all Scripture was given by inspiration of God. I know these books have titles of men and, and things, but they are the Word of God. They're God-breathed. 2 Peter 1 tells us that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And, and God has provided this Word, and He has preserved His Word with the purpose. Now notice this. This purpose goes to this book that we're in right here, but it also goes to the whole Bible, the application does, it was with the purpose that you and I could have his word. You ever think about that for a second? God purposed for us to have this Bible. I mean, that, that's an amazing, that's a, if we go down through the history, I know history is not all exciting, but I want to say something to you. People has lost their lives that you and I could have a copy of what we have a copy of right here. And thank God in the English language. I don't know much English, but I surely don't know Greek and Hebrew. And I thank God it's in the English language. Listen to me. I'm telling you, we ought to be thankful for this book. And this book wasn't just given for man. Let me say, man, it's amazing that we have this God that did all these things to give us this book, and man is allowed to live how they want to. It's your life. But can I say something to you? You can live how, You don't ever have to open this book your whole life but you're going to stand in judgment by it. You don't have to open it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to do anything with it you don't want to, but let me say something to you. You will be held accountable by it. 
God has given each and every person on the earth an accountability and a responsibility to his work. This was not given just for us something to, it wasn't like a pleasure thing, although it's pleasurable. It wasn't just for uh, something that you and I could have or set on a table and have as decor. It was given with the purpose to change the lives of men. God sent it on purpose. And as we come to the gospel of John here, uh, the gospel according to John, it was written by the apostle John. He read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Uh, and, and the book of Revelation was given uh, to him by Jesus. And we find here, here is the purpose of this gospel. Now this purpose will, I could say the Bible, it'll hold to the Bible. This is one of the 66 books of the Bible. But this particular book of the Bible, I want you to notice what we find in our text verse here. He says, but these are written that you might believe. There's a purpose, and I want to look at this tonight, simply present a simple presentation of the Word of God and the Gospel, but I want you to think for a minute how much purpose went into your faith, not only just getting eternal life, that's the beginning point, is that you get saved, but God has given this book to grow you and to make you like Him. That's a wonderful, magnificent thought. But I want you to notice what we find here in just these two verses First thing is, it was written with purpose to believe Christ. Notice what he said in verse 31. But these are written that ye might believe. Now I want you to grasp this for a second. The, this gospel here according to John, and I can say the Bible, but this gospel was written so that you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It was purposed that way. God in his infinite wisdom put it down in words. You say, well, I can't understand it. Hold on a second. It's written so you can believe. That's how it's written. When you say that, I can't understand it. Hold on a second. Listen to me. God wrote it so everybody could believe it. Now, we may not be able to explain all of it, but we can believe it. That's what it says right here, that you might believe. Listen, God purposed this. The gospel here, according to John, was purposely written for every single man, woman, boy, or girl upon the face of the planet to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is written for, listen to me, may I say you can't, don't tell me you can't believe. It is written for you to believe. You can believe. If you say I can't believe it, you've made a choice, but a God's made it, you can believe it. Everybody can believe this. It was written for that purpose. I know people say that, well, I just can't believe it. Well, hold on a second. Yeah, you can. You've just chose not to. That's the difference. You're making a choice. Listen, you should believe it. Because it's written so that you can believe. There shouldn't be anybody that shouldn't believe the Bible. You say, why? Because it was written that we can and it was written that we should. There's an intended purpose that God said, I want everybody to believe. The Bible is written to be understood by faith. You see, this is where it gets to the place. You've got to take it by faith. Now, it isn't, it isn't, let me say something to you. We're not in a blind faith. I'm not walking through this world blindly thinking, well, I hope this book's right. Hold on a second. There's enough proof in this. There's more proof in a couple verses of this book than you can find proof in anything else. I'm talking about God didn't just say it's a blind faith. We walk by faith. I may not necessarily see the next step, but he said thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I may not know what's all the way ahead, but I do know this. There's something I can stand on, go by, and trust in, and that is his word. 
It's written that I can believe. Listen, you can believe the Bible. If you're not saved, you should believe the Bible. You should leave here tonight believing in the Word of God. That's why this was written. The Bible, think about this for a second. That word believe, it's found in 85 verses in the Gospel of John in some form. That's believe, believeth, believing, however many more there's in there. And you know there's only 879 verses in the Gospel of John. So that means 10% of the verses in this whole book have the word believe in it in some fashion. You say, why is that? Because you're supposed to believe it. You can believe it. It's a book to be believed. Listen, we believe a lot more things that ain't true and is unverified from sources we have no idea. We do that. Our world does that. They'll take things and they'll just go with it, run with it. Our media is the worst at it. I mean, we assume, listen, we, no, let me say something to you. We assume if we hear the news, at some point in history, we, we'd assume it's maybe a local news. We assume we hear the local news. We assume the story that they're telling us is factual and true. But I don't always know that. They've got it wrong before, whether intentional or accidental. They've had to apologize for saying things that wasn't right or, or, or providing information that was wrong. That's never happened with the Bible. That's never happened with the Word of God. You won't find anything that hasn't come to pass that won't come to pass. Listen to me. If he says it will, it'll happen just the way that he says. The day we're living in, the moment and the hour that we're in right now, listen, it shouldn't surprise any of us. He's put it in there so we know that this moment is here for a purpose. You can trust the Bible. You can believe God. That's what John's saying. I mean, I said the Bible is the source of our faith. Notice we see right here, these things are written that you might believe. Well, Romans 10, 17, Paul writing says this. He says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith comes from the word of God. It's a, it's a book that is written to be believed. That's why everybody that dies without Christ will have to be accountable to the book because there was no reason for them not to believe it. You can make decisions and based on what you want to, but there's not any reason, there's not anything. I don't care how much science, let me say, people, I, get, I, get, I watch documentaries all the time. I mean, gets, I'm trying to go to bed, gets my blood pressure up, and they're like, well, the world 10 million years ago. And I said, hold on, Hoss, it ain't that old. And I already had to turn the channel. Because I can't believe anything else. If you're living 10, let me say something to you. There ain't nobody in 2023 that knows anything that happened 10 million years ago. If they say they did, they're a liar. One, because the earth wasn't here 10 million years ago. But I can't even believe that they try to make an educated guess. That's, that's in our world. That stuff's going in. One of the greatest blessings I ever had was at that, uh, the, the Columbus Center up there. And they were doing this thing. It was really neat. They were taking you through space and all these things. And they opened up with how many years ago. And Micah looked over and he said, it ain't that old. <laughs> That's right. You say, how do we know that? Because the Bible tells us. You can take your Bible and you can track us back about 6,000 some years right now. Yeah, man. I'm right on right now. 
And let me say something to you. I know they ain't right. You know why? Because I can believe this. I got a source I can believe. They've been trying for, listen, they've been trying, every man across the world has been trying for years to disprove the Bible and it continues to fulfill itself and they continue to find more proof for it. Right? I don't need them to find, listen, I don't need that. You ain't going to find Jesus. Search every grave over in Jerusalem. You won't find him in there. He's on the right hand of God. Hey, that's enough proof right there. But God gives us proof because he wants us to believe the Bible. When we say we're Bible-believing Christians, that don't mean we understand everything, but it means we can take God at his word and we can trust what he says to be true, to be factual, and to always be right. I don't have to understand everything. His ways are all, When I don't understand what God's doing, I know this. The Bible says his ways are always right. And I can trust that he's right, Judy. I got something to believe. We're in a day people's believing everything. Listen to me. You're here tonight. You've never been saved. You need to believe the Bible. It's written for this purpose. The gospel is presented with proof to be believed. Now, if you read, there's four gospels, and we see through the gospels you get a fourfold uh, view of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, what is God like? Well, he's, he's Jesus Christ. That He's the express image of his person. You want to know what God was like? Read the four gospels and you'll see he's Jesus. Jesus is not a God. He is God. People, there's a lot of crazy beliefs out there today, but if you go to the Bible and you'll see what the Bible says about it, it'll knock most of them right off right at the beginning. I'm right. I'm so right on right now. I'm feeling real good. I wasn't a minute ago, but I'm feeling good right now. Listen to me. As we look at the Gospel of John, John is saying in verse 30, he said, there was all kinds of other signs. That's miracles. Jews dealt with signs back then. Uh, all kinds of other works that Jesus did in the presence of his disciples that are not even written in this book. But I want you to notice, he said, but these. So if we trace back all the way beginning from John chapter number 1, as we would go all the way through the book of John, these particular miracles are work. You can think about the water into wine. You, that was over his first one that he had done there. You can think about the, the different ones as you come through here. You can think about raising Lazarus from the dead. I think uh, uh, the brother mentioned that this morning. You can think about all these miracles. You'll find this book, but they were particularly pinned down and selected for the purpose that you would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. What I'm trying to tell you is, when, I, when that somebody gets saved, you know what, they, I, I try to encourage them to read their Bibles. The first place I always tell them to go is the gospel according to John. Now, I know there's an excitement about revelation and things, but let me say something to you. This book was written that you believe. I, there's a lot in Revelation that I can't explain to you. And there's some things I can explain. And what I say is there's some things that's going to happen on this earth that my mind can't fathom or imagine, but I believe they're going to happen because my faith is in the Word of God. And thank God I'm not going to be here. Amen. This is not a complete list of works or miracles that Jesus did in this gospel. John told us in John 21, 25, he said, and there is also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. What John was saying was, if we'd have pinned everything down, there wouldn't have been no room for us to live here anymore. Y'all think about what he's done on this earth. That's what John was saying. He said, I suppose that if they wrote them all down, but the ones that are just in this one gospel, it's enough for you to get saved. 
It's enough for you to believe God and to be saved. And that whole thing, it's a part of the 66 books of the Bible is enough. We're in a day infatuated with experience, infatuated with a, 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 a feeling, or I'm not against feelings, and y'all know that. I like it. It was, felt good in here this morning. I mean, it may have felt better if I'd have took a laugh around the place, but I felt good in here this morning. Well, let me say something to you. If I don't feel that way tomorrow morning, listen to me, I'm still saved. And God's still good. Hey, I'm very blessed, and you are too. I may not feel that way tomorrow. I may run into traffic on the interstate in the morning. I may run into all kinds of things, but let me say something to you. I may not feel that, that way, but I'm just as saved and on my way to heaven as I was this morning. And I can't, let me say something, we can't just judge by our experience. That's not what God's saying right here. God is saying, listen to me, people are trying to look for wonders and all this kind of stuff. And John said, the Bible's enough. Listen to me, make the Bible enough for you. There'll be experience, there'll be things, you'll get feelings like we had here this morning. But the Bible's enough. And may I say, the Bible is what God points us to. Listen, these miracles and signs, and we're in a day infatuated with that stuff, the miracles and signs were done so that people would believe the word of God. Jesus said, well, if you don't believe my word, at least believe for the miracle's sake. He, what he was trying to tell the people was, listen, if you don't believe what I'm saying, at least look at the works that I'm doing. They testify that my word is true. All the way through this book, God is trying to show us. You say, what are all these miracles for? We read about the woman, uh, at the, we were at the water and the wine, and we think about Lazarus, and we think, what are they supposed to do? These miracles were supposed to turn people and point people, and they were evidence that his word was true. He was exactly who he said that he is. It's that we could believe in him and on him that people could be saved. I want you to grasp this today. We're, uh, people, I listen, I, God does miracles all the time. I've seen them. And you've seen them, but I want to say something to you. We are to believe faith comes from the Word of God. Miracles and these witnesses, they testify to the truth of God's Word. The Bible's enough. The Bible is enough. Those are in there to testify. Now listen, I've seen God do things. And it's wonderful. I mean, I'll never forget when my mom come out of that thing. I'll never forget that for as long as I live. Unless I lose my mind in some way, which is a possibility, but I don't intend on ever losing that. But can I say something to you? That's not the source of my faith. That's just a testimony to the God that I serve. And it says with God, nothing, hey, all things are possible. It's a belief in the word of God. That's what these miracles were for. Jesus was doing these things so people would believe him. I want you to grasp this. You can believe God tonight, and you should. It was written with the purpose to believe Christ. It was written to present Christ. This is important. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Do you know the gospel, this gospel was written to present Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Now, we see a fourfold presentation of Jesus throughout the Gospels, but here in this Gospel, this is John places an emphasis on Jesus as the Son of God. From the very first verse, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. I used to quote that to Courtney's belly when Micah was in there. 
That's the verse I quoted. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know what that does? That knocks out Mormonism. They're wrong. Let me say something to you. If they're wrong about Jesus, they're wrong. Go over to uh, 2 John. Our class did a study on that. You know how to tell someone's right? See what they believe on Christ. He wasn't a created being. In the beginning, uh, in, in the beginning, he wasn't a created being. Listen, everything was created by him. It knocks out Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, God died. Listen, they can believe this too. They got wrong doctrine, but they can believe this. This is important why we get our kids in the Bible. Because if we don't, the world will fill them with all kinds of garbage. All kinds of wrong things. I'll still never forget this when Tom, he's testified that many times. Y'all picked up kids that never heard of Jesus in Dunbar. And we don't live in a third world country. I mean, y'all think of that. In, 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 in the 2020s, y'all picked up children on a bus that had never heard the name of Jesus. Y'all think of that. That's a, that, is, that is amazing. It is sad, but it's amazing at the same place because look at our country. We have the greatest of all the places. In the, we're not hiding out anywhere. There's, hey, there's right churches throughout all West Virginia. Throughout, there's still, I'm glad there's God's people still all around, aren't you? There's people that are still preaching the death, burial, and resurrection that are standing for the right thing all around. And people's never even heard of them. And John said this was written so that they could believe. You know what he was doing? He was presenting Christ. As you go through this gospel here, the gospel of John, Jesus continually made the I am statements. And those I am statements, they aggravated and irritated the Pharisees and the scribes. And the reason was because when he said, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life, before Abraham was, I am. You know why that bothered them? Because that was the name of God. You realize that Jesus is not just some man. He was in flesh, but he's as much God as God the Father and God the Holy Ghost. Listen, he wants us to know that he is God. He's not a man upstairs. Though he is a man and he is upstairs, he's more than that. He's, he's the mediator between uh, God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I know there's things that people say and, and, and they try to you, but let me say something. When we read right here, if you go right to the beginning, it's very clear that God wants you to know that Jesus is his son and he is the son of God and he's as much God as himself. Listen, you can believe that. Read John 1 when you get home. It's phenomenal of what he tells us about the Savior. It was written to, listen to me, it's important, and I know you guys do this, but I want to encourage you to continue to do it. Don't let the world, don't let the, I can't watch them, and I, don't get mad at me, okay? If you watch a Bible, if you watch a Bible, I used to have some, you know, videos that show the Bible and stuff. I can't watch them because if they add stuff in there, it ain't in there, it just gets on my nerves, okay? So I don't watch them. What I want to tell you is, is this. Make sure you get your view of Jesus from the scriptures, not from the internet, not from a commentator. I'm not against commentators. I have commentary, but I'm saying you need to make sure that you get the right view of Jesus. God's put it right here in the book for you to do so. 
I'm, that, that, that's there. He's presenting Jesus Christ to us. And we see, why did he open up with Christ? Because he's everything. He's everything. Without him, listen, there is no salvation. There's nothing. He's everything. It opens up with this. And John's ending in, 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 verse number, in chapter number 20, and he's telling us, listen, all these things were written that you might believe. He presented him not only as God, but he presents him as the Lamb of God, our Savior and ultimate sacrifice. He doesn't get far from the purpose. It didn't take him long to get into it. In John 1, 29, it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. 29 verses into this book, after we dealt with he's eternal, we come and see that here he is as a man. He is the Son of God. He's 100% man, 100% God. And John looks over to the crowd. I know he wasn't there that day, but if it was just like John still speaking to us today, he looks over and he says, right there he is. There's the Savior. There's the one. There's the ultimate sacrifice. Listen, he wants us to know that Christ died for our sins according to Scriptures and was buried on the third day, rose again. Again, he wants us to know that he died in our place. Hey, listen, you can believe it. It was written to present Christ. But this gospel is given not that we can only know of Jesus, but that we can know Jesus in pardon and forgiveness of sins. God wants you to know his son, and he wants you to believe on him. This, this, this is so important in the day that we're in. It's not just the head knowledge. Listen, you must be born again. It's serious. You must be born again. Not just to know that there is a Savior. There's all kind, listen, there's all kinds of people that is split hell wide open, as the preacher said this morning, that knew that God sent his son. And, 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 and knew that there was a plan of salvation. But knowing facts about Jesus is not the same as knowing Jesus in pardon and forgiveness of sin. God doesn't just want us, it, this is not just an, in, this revelation is not just informational. It's purposed to have a reaction to it. And may I say, everybody has a reaction to the gospel. Let me say something to you. Anything but yes by faith is no. I think it was King Agrippa said, Paul, thou almost persuaded me. Listen, almost saved is altogether lost. I mean, it's it. It's it. But it was written that you could believe. Listen to me, friend. I, I want to encourage you. I don't want you to leave here lost tonight. It's good to know of him. And the things that we see in this book is wonderful. We can't even begin to express how wonderful it is. But knowing of him is not enough. You must know him. It is written to present Christ. You say, why is it written to present Christ? Because that's who you're believing on. That's what it says right there. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So God presents him and he says... Looking at all of the things, all of the facts and the truth in this book, there's enough in there. If you go home and read, if you're here lost tonight, you don't take my word for it. Go home and read all 21 chapters. And God is saying, you can believe on him.
it's not only written to present Christ, but it's written to provide life in Christ. Notice what he says, and that believing, ye might have life through his name. This gospel was written to bring eternal life to you today. Through faith. That's what, that's what we preached here tonight. This was all this whole book. We could have just wrote, I guess, read all 20 chapters, 21 chapters. I tried to give a little bit of it, and I didn't cover enough of it, but I want you to grasp this. It was purposely written so that you could be having eternal life. I want you to know this. Calvinism's wrong, and it's out there. Listen, anybody can get saved. This gospel doesn't say, well... The Scarberry Four's in, but this row right here's out. Isn't it amazing, too? It's kind of, I'm, I'm meddling for a second, but all the Calvinism, the people that believe all that, all their people's always in. They're all safe and saved. And that's a dangerous doctrine. But this is written that ye might believe. Can I say something to you? I'm going to give you proof that it's for everybody. It don't matter what country you're from. Don't matter what color your skin. Don't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what language you speak. Can I say something to you? We can go through all those kind of things. But here's what I know. John 1 and 7 says this. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Everybody in this church tonight can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life if you choose to. And may I say something to you? You ain't got a good enough excuse not to. That's not my word. That's the word of God. Jesus said, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see that? Believing is bringing life. If you believe it in him, you'll have everlasting life. That's what he's saying. John 6 and 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. You notice that? Believe on him may have everlasting life. John 6 and 47. Barely, barely. He says that twice. Listen, if God says something once, pay attention. If he doubles up, up on it really focus in he says verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me hath everlasting life believing listen this was written so you can believe and when you believe you have eternal life everlasting life that's why listen that's why I believe in the security of the believer you say why because it says eternal life I don't know if that, it says eternal life, everlasting life, and I have it. Why do I have it? Because I believed. That's what it says right here. That's a good word, eternal life is good. And I'm not waiting on it, I got as, I'm as much saved today as I could ever be, I, I can't get no more saved. Now listen, I could surely get a lot more sanctified and closer to him. But my salvation is as good as it's ever been and as good as it ever will be. The blood of Jesus Christ done cleansed me from all my sins. I can't get any more clean before God as far as my standing goes. Thank God for eternal life. You can believe on that. 
I'm glad Jesus said believe and have eternal life. That's why I believe it. But here's what he said. John 3 and 18. He that believeth on me is not condemned. Let's just shout it out right there for a second. Thank God. If you're saved here tonight, you believed on him for salvation. Listen to me. You ain't condemned no more. Thank God for that. We ain't condemned no more. But he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. There's a responsibility to the book God's given. You're in a church amongst people that want you to get saved. I mean, I'm talking about, listen, I, I like... We go door knocking and think, my goal is never, listen, if someone will get born again, I'm not trying to get people to pray at the door. That's not what we do here. I, I, now, if they will, praise God, Lanella, we're going to let them pray. If they're willing to get, they're ready to get saved, but let me say, I don't want to just say, well, we had another profession of faith or we had another issue. I want actually people to get born again. I want their life, I want them to get eternal life. And I'm talking about, listen to me. If you don't have it, the wrath of God abides on you. Listen to me. You better believe that. There's a lot of people that don't. A lot of people got a, funny, a lot of funny things about eternity that nowhere found in the Bible. I mean, just, you know, very, I don't know what the right word is. I wish I had a word for it. Just really, just kind of, ah, it'll be fine. We'll... I'm not a figure-it-out-when-we-get-there person, okay? I got too much anxiety for that, all right? I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Now, sometimes I have to do it. I mean, sometimes the Lord will change my message, and I've learned I can trust him. But listen, I would much rather have a typed-out outline than six words I can't read on a post-it note. But I found I can trust him. But a lot of people looking to say, well, I'll just figure it out when I get there. But the Bible doesn't say that you can do that. The Bible doesn't say you can make amends or get it right or do all these things. That's not what it says. It says if you don't believe on the Son, the wrath of God's abiding on you. John 3 and 36, my last one, notice this. Let me go there, I typed the same verse twice. John 3 and 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, I didn't do a great job with this tonight. And you don't have to take my word for it, but listen to me. You can believe this. You say, well, preacher, I don't like, there's a lot. Probably you don't. I, I busted my button off my jacket. It's driving me nuts up here preaching with this thing open. But I think my shirt's wrinkled underneath, so I ain't taking it off. And it's been bothering me the whole time I've been preaching. And I, I know I didn't, I've messed things up, and I want to say something to you. You don't have to believe me. And may I say something to you? You should check me out. But you can believe right there. It's made for you to believe tonight. 
you can leave here with eternal life. If you don't have it tonight, believe me, you can have it. The Word of God says it. It was written so that you could put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And that believing, you might have life through his name. Come on, Judy. I could apply that truth to the whole scripture because the Bible is to be believed. But just this one book of the Bible of the 66 books of the Bible, God has purposely placed it in there, 21 chapters, written in some of the simplest English that we have that presents a picture of the only begotten Son of God. He is God. He's the Son of God. He's the ultimate sacrifice, the death, burial, and the resurrection. There's enough in here. That's what this verse says. I'm summing it up, and I'm going to bow my head here. But here's what he said. These were written that you might believe. There's enough tonight for you to be saved just in this one book. And maybe perhaps you've struggling a little bit. Can I say there's 65 other books in there? You'll prove he proves himself true time and time again. You can believe him tonight, and you should. Y'all think about this for a second. I think about all the things that pass through my mind that I work on at work and at home and all this stuff we think about in life. I mean, we all have it. We go through troubles. We got works. We got projects. We, we All these things we think about. Do you ever think about all of that stuff? How many different decisions that you make on a, in a day? How many different decisions and things you think about in just one day? And you think if you accumulate that and multiply that for every year of your life, how many decisions and thoughts have passed through your mind? And the most important one, the one that's going to determine your eternal salvation, is what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. The devil's greatest tool is getting us so distracted, the world's so distracted. Believers are distracted from things we know to be doing, so busy. So many people's going to miss an eternal salvation when all they had to do was believe. Let's bow our heads tonight.